This is Jed McKay, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. You are with your hypersecontu Ray. Salutations, everybody. And uh, and tonight it is a waxing gibbous up in the sky. So if you have a look, you can see that the moon is definitely waxing gibbously. Uh, and that means our segment is an other side of the moon. Uh, and joining me. For this adventure, uh, to cap off the second half of it, a little bit more about that later, is Justin the Owl Osgood. Justin, welcome back. Thank you, Ray, and thank you always, loonies, for listening. Yes, Justin, this will be um, a a very interesting little adventure that we'll go through. Uh, Before Mm. that, of course, yes, a... A big thank you to our gracious Patroonies, so those listed as co-producers and executive producers on each of our episodes, like yourself, Justin. Uh, just many, many thanks for contributing. Uh, and, and, you know, in this instance, Justin, you get to uh, you, you help us out with the discussing, discussing, discussions of, of the comics. <laughs> uh, we get to do some bonus episodes, which is cool as well. So a big thank you mm. to Daniel... Drew, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, and Michael. Also, our top-tier Petrunis, who are also our sponsors, Drew Toombs. Uh, So Drew Toombs is a musician, a creator, and his dance music is produced by himself and can be heard on Toombs on SoundCloud. Similarly, Lurk Music on Bandcamp is Drew Toombs' horror and sci-fi inspired soundscapes. Uh, also as well, Daniel Doing, uh, no stranger to this show, uh, his Fringe Night, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero. Go check it out. Daniel is an amazing cosplayer and a creator outright. And finally, Dreamland Comics from Illinois, the superhero superstore for all your back issue needs. So, Justin... Here we are, you and I, um, off the back of actually, you know, a little peek behind the curtain, uh, we did a little something uh, just beforehand, Justin, for everybody, not everybody, for some people. Yeah, yeah, a little bonus activity. A little bonus activity. Yes, Justin and I, uh, we have recorded the, uh, the other story in Marvel Fanfare 39, which is what we'll be covering tonight. Uh, and uh, generally with Marvel Fanfare, there are two stories. Uh, one of them has Moon Knight in it, which is what what we are covering here, and uh, that story is entitled... Oh, it's not entitled. It can be, if it wants to. Uh, the, this second story is titled... Uh, and also, uh, the bonus episode that Justin and I have completed, and you'll will be floating around there in P- Patreon land, uh, is A Cat's Tale. And that was the the main story from issue thirty nine, featuring Hawkeye and Black Crow. A lot of fun, Justin. A lot of I feel spiritually purged after reading that issue. Yes, it, it must have been all of those uh, crushed blossoms in the pipe that <laughs> Black Crow was passing around at the campfire. 
exactly exactly highly uh what was it it's uh clarifying uh not confusing purifying not confusing right purifying yeah yes <laughs> yeah. uh so i mean so loonies you can gain access to those bonus episodes such as that uh if you consider becoming a patreon member that's, that's the sort of incentives that we do offer uh like I said, it could be anything and everything. It could be Moonlight related. It could be Hawkeye related. Uh, but it's a fun time had by all, guaranteed. Uh, so anyway, but this issue, this episode, Justin, we are here. We are in the far flung future because mm. Justin and I, we are actually, truth be told, doing this back in the past. Um, mm-hmm. We're doing some time traveling today. Yes. And uh, yeah. as always, what we'll do, Justin, may I ask you to do the 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 bare bones for this again? Yeah, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. let me bring that up again. Yeah. Oh, no worries. While you find okay. that, I shall give the credits. Uh, and as mentioned, Marvel Fanfare, issue 39, subtitled <laughs> uh, release August 1988. Writer Michael Carlin, penciler Bill Reinhold, inker Jim Fern, colorist Linda Lessman, letterer Joe Rosen, and editor Al Milgram. Uh, now, this is available only in floppy form, I do believe. Um, I have a lot of the Moon Knight stuff yeah, collected. I, I don't think it's in any of them. Mm, I, I kind of wonder if it might be in the one of the... New- Omnibus mm. editions that are coming out next year. Because right? well one be. of those is collecting a lot of the 80s stuff, so mm. maybe it might be in there. Is it worth collecting? We'll see, I guess. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you know, it's, it's interesting. We'll see what we, what we come up with. Justin, if you'd be so kind as to give the fair loony listeners an idea of uh, what this issue entails... All right, the story for... A lonely man prepares a bomb before dressing as a sheik and catches a cab to the UN. Cab driver Jake Lee, a.k.a. Moon Knight, notices the nervousness of the man as well as an aversion to bright and strobing lights. Amongst profanities in a city where you need to shoulder your way through, Jake drops the man off before heading to Gina's diner for a feed. The news on the TV blasts on in Gina's diner, and Jake hears of how a man in Arabic dress has taken the UN hostage with a bomb. Recalling that it was the man he had in his cab, Jake cusses before leaving a tip for Gina and rushes out. Gina picks up the wayward and measly tip, and in turn cusses back at Jake's behavior. Jake calls Frenchie and preps him for an assault on the UN, and after changing gear, Moon Knight swoops into the building, past the guards and the crowd of reporters, much to their chagrin. Moon Knight meets the terrorist face to face, and instead of engaging in physical combat, proceeds to flick the lights on and off, playing to what is revealed to be the man's propensity for epileptic seizures. The man soon faints and is restrained, not before Moon Knight ensures the briefcase with the bomb doesn't house any dead man triggers. Later that same day, Jake Lockley peruses the streets for a cab 
fair. When a man dressed in Arabic garb tries to hail down his cab, once bitten twice shy, Lockley hightails it out of there, leaving the wannabe passenger shouting expletives in the street. And that is the uh, short, sharp tale of um, there for you. So thank you, thank you, Justin. Thank you for that retelling. That, loony listeners, is pretty much a summary of what this issue is about, in case you haven't got it. Uh, what Justin and I will do for those that haven't heard before, and overall impressions before jumping into some finer points of the stories that we would like to raise uh, before any of that, of course, Justin, I must, uh, I must ask, that worked? Mm-hmm. Yes. Moon rating system. <laughs> Which one would you like to choose I'm going to go with uh, Connor's shoes rating system mm. this time, where he picked the other one last time. Excellent. So Justin has Connor's shoes rating system, created by a former co-host of the show, Connor Shoe, much beloved, and his legacy continues. I will pick mm. the vanilla rating more your stock standard phases of the moon to kind of give you a gauge of what I thought of this issue. Uh, so, Justin, overall impressions. Mm-hmm. What did you make of of this uh, this tale entitled Tissue Box? <laughs> um, I really liked this, actually. It's, it's a, I think, the, probably the shortest Moonrise story in existence. It's only six pages. And... You know, not counting the backups in his in the original run, which I don't think were they might have been around that length, five or six pages long. But mm. this is I think the shortest standalone Moon Knight story, and I think it works really good for a one little short one. Um I I love the part with where he flicks the lights off and on. I thought that was mm-hmm. so clever. It's very unorthodox for a superhero, I guess. I think mm. I have never seen anywhere else a superhero defeat his foe by turning the lights on and off. Uh, I think it's... I would, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was trying to think of it myself, and I, I, I'm drawing a blank. I can't, yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if Moon Knight had a, a, a series of tongue depressors in his belt so that once the guy started having epileptic, epileptic oh, seizure, yes. he ran over it. Well, you'd have to be you prepared. Know, I mean, as... As yeah. evil as the the man may be, you still would not want him to die and choke on him on himself for sure. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, this this to me seemed like a lost story of the original Moon Knight run, like because oh, he was okay. wearing the original costume here. Yep. Um, and in the the issue prior to this, he was wearing the Fist of Conchu, uh, all the bling. So. Ah. Yeah. I think this was intended maybe to be like a a lost story of. The early eighties, yeah. yeah. Oh, very much. I I did not um, notice that that yeah they were distinctly different uh, costumes in that regard for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just want to make mention of the the back cover, which I guess is the uh, default cover to this story. Um, mm. I thought it was pretty cool. Like you get the full the full costume mm. there, uh, drawn very well. Uh, Moon Knight's drawn very yes. well. Um, amongst the like, oh, seedy lights of New York, the yeah, all the, all the neon, all the neon lights. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what West Forty Fifth Street is, um, Justin? Is that a famous street? Or? I 
I believe so. Yeah, I, I tried to avoid New York City. It's no. <laughs> too, cra- too crazy for me. So too many. I'm sure it's a famous. I'm sure it's yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's a famous street somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, a famous yeah. avenue. Yeah. But yeah, but, that's a great image. That was done by uh, William Reinhold who did the, mm-hmm. the artwork here. Look, yeah, overall as well, I mean, before we get into it, I think it was a pretty solid story. As you say, it does hark back to more classic Moon Knight um, with the uh, with the kind of the street-level human villains. No one's outlandish here. Uh, there's a terrorist. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, yeah, it does, it does link, it does remind me of the Mensch days of, of in, in the 80s run, uh, Moon Knight going up against, dare I say, Nimrod Strange. Uh, you know, the Third World <laughs> Army, those sorts of terrorists. Mm. So you've got another terrorist mm-hmm. here trying to cause it. But he's a, he, this guy's pretty much more of a lone wolf. Um, yeah. But, by, I mean, six six pages, you haven't got much to work with. But I think Carlin does actually a good job in making this story not seem too rushed. Uh, he packs enough in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder why the theme was just an, uh, you know, an expletive. Because we get that running, recurring throughout the whole, the whole story. Mm. Is that just I don't know? Is it just something that's novel, or what do you put that down uh, to? Well, I don't know. Maybe just an average night in New York City. I suppose you'd hear at, at that point in time in that busy intersection, you'd probably hear all manner of expletives all, yeah, all over okay. the place. It's, yeah, yeah. It's probably just um, showcasing the hustle and bustle and. Uh, the mm. dog eat dog. How busy and yeah, 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 yeah. How busy and crazy it is because the New York City when when I was growing up in the eighties had such a, a different uh, such a different image compared to what it is now. I mean, that was it was a dark and scary place, like you would see in like the the Death Wish movies. You know, the oh back in the eighties, fitting and scary yeah. place. Yeah, in the seventies and eighties, right. at least to me. That was uh-huh. the that was somebody who was living in a, a more suburban area. Mm-hmm. All of the all of the media interpretations of living in New York City made it look like this, you know, desolate wasteland that was ruled by gangs and, and the mob and the the, crop, the cops were all on the take and mm. it was just this horrible, like Gotham City. It was a horrible right. place to live. So, um, so maybe in in a thematic sense, this this kind of mirrored that that it was just kind of you know everybody's swearing at each other all the time in New York City at this point of the day. I yes, guess. yeah, that's fair enough. I wonder, like, there's there are some great shots of the city, like, um, uh, mm. actually, when the terrorist walks out of his his uh, his abode, which for me, like, architecturally, those those facades. Um, yeah. quite synonymous to to New York, uh, with those steps Definitely. that lead up uh, to the apartments and such. Mm-hmm. But then the next page, with I was just wondering about like sponsorships and, uh, you know, using like, you can <laughs> see clearly Coca Cola, Brother Burger King, like well, right. was that allowed yeah. back in the day? Toshiba, <laughs> like I, I guess they didn't care. Like yeah, yeah you can see Scarface, Vertigo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I. It's it's interesting. I wonder. I wonder uh, when it, when and if they do reprint this, if they're going to have to yeah. <laughs> scrub some of those images out, redact them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think Reinhold does a great job in in embodying that character of the city. Um, 
So there's a lot mm. of detail. Like for something, for like a six-page story, like a lot of time was spent on that kind of establishing shot of New York with all the cars. You even got a traffic cop. <laughs> then you got the lights. You get the mm. sense of the lights um, as, as the guy goes into Jake Lockley's cab. It just seems mm-hmm. very chaotic in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I think, what time of day was this? This looked like it was sometime in the night, so... Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm sure it was super busy. But, you know, in and, in and amongst that as well, we get Jenna's Diner, which is cool. Always, I always love seeing the support cast. Um, and oh, me I'm, too. Mm, I'm glad she gets some limelight here. Uh, I mean, you know, got no... no uh, worry seeing Marlene or, or Frenchie, but uh, Jenna's done is great. Uh, and it just, there's a level yeah. of comfort and, and like homeliness when, when Jake goes in there, like kind of going into, I don't know, like a bar in Cheers. Um, mm. mm-hmm. But yeah, I, so I thought that was a nice, fun exchange and, and it was it was necessary in order for to Jake to finally, I guess, catch wind that his passenger that he just dropped off is actually moving and shaking as a terrorist. Yeah, and I, I love that little part where um, she's got the, the soap opera going on her TV and it, it has it in the background going, oh, oh, Joseph, oh, Teresa, Joseph, Teresa. We interrupt the days of our nights to bring you the special bulletin. And I <laughs> love that. That's funny. That was a that that was is... <laughs> that so cute little touch. That was, yeah. yeah. That was so good. And back in the day, like, you know, Jenna's carrying the TV around and chucking it on the counter. <laughs> Mm, you know, the little tiny, yeah, with the yeah. with the rabbit ear antennas, you know, sticking out. And I think this was actually the the first time we saw the diner since the original run when when she got attacked by the gang member and got her arm almost. Bit oh off. wow! Okay, because I didn't think she appeared at all during the Fist of Conchu run mm. in that series. I don't I don't remember her appearing at all during that. Okay, yeah. I've only reread half of that again. I'd like to read the rest of it. Um, but yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it she's all, it yeah, been always, a while since she showed up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she does well. I mean, he, I've, I've got to give Jake the dirty eye as well, leaving such a measly tip. I mean, come on. I Jake. know, yeah. She just made you a, a, a nice piping cup of coffee and a burger. Yeah. A burger, yeah. And also, like he, when uh, when he asked for the burger, and she she asked if he wants bacon on it, and he says nope. I said tips rule. I felt like thinking, God, how, how much is bacon on a burger? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Must have been creamy, That's really going to make or break your Jake. Jeez, oh, yikes! Gosh, hence the low tip. Right, always terrible. splurge for the bacon. Always exactly. splurge for the bacon when it you're makes in doubt. Jeez. The world a di- the world a different. Surely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, so there were nice little interactions here with uh, with established support cast members. We get a very quick intro to Jake Lockley. Um, obviously, again, necessary for him <laughs> to, to have, well, maybe not necessarily, but having met up with a guy in the cab, I guess, learns of his, his ailment uh, through, you know, his powers of observation. Um, very mm. subtle, very subtle. Um, you know, Jake says, man alive, is this guy acting weird? How come, how come I always get the prize? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, I want to jump. What did you think, man, of the, the last scene? Um, Justin, I thought Jake was being 
undeniably discriminative. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> he um, was. And I get it. It's kind of for laughs, but it's like, oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's poor form, Jake. Yeah. It, it is poor. I mean, it's not like the guy is going to, yeah, going to take over the UN again. Um, right, yeah. And another aspect I think was really, I, I enjoy it. And again, you can get away with, this such a short story is how Jake Lockley changes into Moon Knight and Moon Knight's behind the wheel, driving the cab, going around places. Driving the cab. Yeah. yeah. I think I w- is, that might be the only time we see Moon Knight driving the cab. <sighs> I want to see him on the TV yeah. show do that. Just, you know, Moon Knight behind <laughs> I, I, the wheel. I do too. <laughs> I do too. I have to see that. Yeah. Because yeah. like <laughs> you see, it. I think it was in the Lemire run or something. You see him. Oh, and, and in the, um, I'm sure it's in the Mensch run. Where he's literally just at the boot of the of the cab, and he's just mm-hmm. changing, like it's the most yeah. uh, uh, indiscreet uh, way right. way to actually change <laughs> to be a superhero. Uh, especially if you've got a cab, because people are always on the lookout for cabs. So you're drawing attention. Oh, absolutely. To yeah. 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 Wow. And you see this guy changing in the back and yeah. he's got a big silver cape. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That doesn't look weird at all. No, not at all. <laughs> but um, yeah. I'd like to see more Mooney behind the wheel, just driving the cab. Um, mm. yeah. That'd be great. But, uh, but he makes his way to the UN. We get a little bit of Frenchie there. Justin. Yeah, he can't. He can't get a ride. Uh, he can't get a ride in the mooncopter because Frenchie's <laughs> taking a shower. <laughs> that gives Mark the shit. Which cues he... another expletive yeah. from Moon Knight. Yeah, which is pretty funny. Uh, so he ends yeah. up having to get there himself. Uh, but yeah, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Justin, uh, a very effective way to to get rid of, well, not to get rid, to dispense of this terrorist by the turning on and Mm. off the lights. A very unorthodox, strange way to do it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it kind of shows the maturity of Moon Knight. You don't have to Mm. punch someone's face or rip someone's face off. Uh, If you can Mm -hmm. disable him uh, in some better way, then do it. So he does that. Uh, Still a bit worrisome with the the briefcase, but thankfully none of that is... um, uh, you know, triggered. Yeah, yeah. He catches it in time before it explodes. Yeah, and yeah, he just kind of leaves and lets the guy wriggle around on the floor. <laughs> um, now you mentioned also poor, as well. I'm just guy. having sorry. Poor guy. Poor, yeah, he's poor guy. I mean, that. Yeah, well, choke, choke on his own tongue. I mean, a little, a little. But... Yeah, I'm a little bit sorry for him, but then sorry, not sorry, because it's going to blow up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you bastard. (laughs) That's what I'd say to him. Yeah, so good luck to the guy. If he decides to do that and decides to, he wants to blow up people, then if he's got things coming his way, uh, you know, good luck to your buddy. That's all I say. Yeah, that's Mm. right. It's only fair. It's only just. Yes. Um. Justin, you mentioned, I just see, I've got an eye on the prompt sheet here as well, and, and you mentioned a note about Bill uh, Reinhold and his, his other works. Yes, we later see, we see him actually, I think a year later, illustrate Moon Knight in what I think is Moon Knight's next appearance after this, ah. which is Punisher Annual Number 2, the Atlantis Attacks crossover. And which I think as well... 
is the actually the very first time that the Punisher and Moon Knight interact. Um, mm, I think so you're right, yeah. Yeah, this precedes Mark Spector, Moon Knight, uh, and all the other subsequent uh, appearances that they do mm. cross, um, cross hairs, but yeah. And Jim Fern, too, the anchor, I have to make a, a brief comment about him because mm-hmm. the, the, the comic that I love so much called Scarlet, the DC title, um, oh, he okay. was actually the one of the original pencilers on that one. So I, I oh. love all of his work. And when I saw his name on here, I was like, oh, nice, Jim Fern. Yeah. How, was his, uh, how are his inks compared to his, uh, his pencils? Because sometimes you can kind of pick up a correlation, right? Mm. And others, they kind of look yeah, like was, chalk and cheese. Yeah, it's it was it was tough. It, it took me a minute to to kind of pick out his style from on the mm-hmm. inking aspect. I wouldn't I wouldn't have guessed that was him, to be honest with you, if I hadn't seen okay. the name. It's very very different from his pencils, at least to my eye. Yeah. Okay, I'd have to say. I mean, if you're looking at inks, uh, the last page with Moon Knight flying over the the staff of the UN. And when he catches mm. the briefcase, awesome! Like I, I love that. Yeah, like, it's just the black and white, um, but the inks yeah. are done really well there. Yeah, and I, I love the the panel too, where he bursts open through the door. Mm. Um, yes, and I demand that you set these people free, and his cape is flowing out. I love that. It's a great <laughs> image. Lost opportunity of having the the cape like a moon, a crescent moon, but you know, I don't know. Mm. Still looks, yeah. still looks great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It almost kind of looks like Don Perlin um, when he's at the light switch. Just uh, there's like a uh, yes. brief yep. glimpse of kind of that that impression. At least I, I thought that the first time I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah. nice! Oh, absolutely, so a bit of an homage there. Yeah, yeah. That's the only bit you see where actually it's not the 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 face in shade. So you do get that mm. white, which um prone to. I mean. Justin, you and I have looked at uh, Marvel Fanfare thirty-eight, and mm-hmm. uh, and I remember the the use of the artist there. She had actually made that mask almost as if like it clung to his face. You could see his teeth and his mm-hmm. nose and stuff. So a very different look. This is more of the conventional one, but we do get to see yeah. the white under the hood as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is more of the classic look, which is why I think it it reads to me like a lost tale from. Mm. The- from the first run of Moon Knight, first series. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just looking again at the art, I mean, I don't want to dwell too much in, but the, um, I just, I guess with the inks and the pencils, maybe it's more so with the inks, it's just really crisp and really well-defined. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why I do like it. Like, it it's, uh, r- reminds me of, um, I don't know, some of the artists later on in the 90s, um mm. And so this is eighty eight, so we're they're approaching it kind of fast, but yeah, um, but just a lot of really good use of the blacks, um, yeah, mm-hmm. without being too overly black. So it's not like a dark; it doesn't look dark, um, right? It's, it's still got enough color and everything. So yeah, yeah. and the colors too are, are really oh. nice. The best, oh, yeah. bright, vibrant colors when they're going through the city, and yeah, just the, these the, the colors always look so great on these. So we've got Linda, Linda Lessman. Very good. Very good yeah. work there. But yeah, uh, are there any other uh, notes here, Justin, that we want to cover? No, no. I think, mm-hmm. I think we covered everything, yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, yeah. with that in mind and 
with Connish's rating system. Justin, what would you give the short story? These short stories are always hard to hard to mark because mm. they're not it's hard to compare them to like a twenty two, twenty three page full story. But uh having said so it is. Yeah. What would you give um what would you give this one? I'd give this one a seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I I really give it high marks because it's the shortest moonlight moonlight story and it works. That's a good it, point. It could yeah. have it could have easily been a dud. It could have been a forgettable little dud that was like, oh yeah, I remember that stupid thing in Marvel fanfare that went nowhere. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a six page story that actually works, and I think that in in of itself is is a great accomplishment, and also for a Moon Knight story. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Moon Knight himself compared to. The Titans, like your Captain America, Spider-Man, he's got far less mm. appearances. So um, for him to have this short, sharp one, I always think of the um, Benjamin Percy one in the Marvel Comics Presents, Justin, that came out recently-ish. That was another good one. Oh, okay. So there's a new run of Marvel Comics Presents? There was, yeah. It's finished up now. Oh. It was, yeah. Um, gosh, when was it? 2019, 2018, something like that. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, and there was a short story by Benjamin Percy, who's doing Wolverine and the X-Men stuff now. Uh, he did mm-hmm. with Moon Knight and Juan Ferreira, I believe. I, I think oh, I missed that one. Could be, oh, or Ibrahim oh. Mustafa. I can't remember. One of the artists. But it was it was really mm-hmm. good uh, for like mm-hmm. a six, six-pager. Um, yeah, I would I would give this a seven out of ten. Uh, I'd so this would be a Wayne and Gibbous for me, the higher end. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the fact, pretty much as you said, uh, Justin, for the format that it, it is confined within, I think it does really well because I, I find it'll be really hard to actually engage readers for a six-page romp, mm. um, and maybe it's a clever thing that Moon Knight doesn't didn't. Um, resort to fisticuffs here because again you don't have that many panels to do it so if anything there's an economy here an efficiency here by carlin uh and a very Mm. innovative different way like some people might think oh gosh that's a bit of a bit of a flub (laughs) you know Mm. Um, having him just turn on and off the lights but it's clever you know and and it actually tells you something about the character it says that he's not going to just launch himself and uh, you know pummel the guy he's actually thought about it he's actually quite um, cunning when it comes to yeah. to fighting. So, uh, yeah, so I appreciated that. I thought so much of it uh, is the reason why I, I give it a seven. And the art, I really did love the art to it. Um, th- these Marvel fanfares have been really good with the art. Um, so mm. I haven't been disappointed once. Uh, so really good, really good to see. Yeah, I haven't either. All, all of them have been really strong. All the stories have been strong. All the art's been good. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I love these Marvel fanfares. I'm going to have to go back and get another pile of these to read. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've already lined up a few on eBay, just like watching them, you know, because they're nice and cheap mm. to get around. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, listeners, there you go. Seven and a half from Justin, a seven from me. Uh, uh, and this is for... This Mark, uh, Mark Spector Moon Knight backup story from Marvel Fanfare 39. Now, just wanted to remind you, Justin and I actually have done a review on the other story in the Fanfare edition, uh, issue 39, uh, at The Cat's Tale, starring Hawkeye and Black Crow. And uh, you can listen to that 
if uh, you consider becoming a, a Patroni, a Patreon member, guess just uh, if you can check out patreon.com slash itkmoonnight, you can see where you can um, get those sorts of incentives, plus other things as well, like, uh, I guess, uncut audio or video footage, um, stuff like that, um, separate files for our audio serial adventure, uh, scripts, all that sort of pizzazz is there. But um, but a huge thank you, Justin. It's been great. Uh, I, yes. Uh, yes, thank you, Ray. Yeah. Considering our stop-start adness to this episode due to my neighbour George and his whippersnipper, um, I, I'm I'm unsure as to actually the length of this episode. But uh, look, it, it's a short story, um, but I, I think we've given it and uh, we've given it uh, we've done it justice. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and and also in the back of this issue too, uh, the original Marvel fanfare issue. Of there's course, Justin. Amazing oh, uh, yes. uh, pinups by the great Bob Layden. Mm-hmm. Yes, let's so go through them. By the original Which... issue, you get all, you get all of those as well. I, if they reprint these, I hope that they do the pinups as well at some point. I hope so too. At some point because they're really great. I found it interesting that the last pinup is actually on the inside of the cover. Um, so mm. you, you get the glossiness of uh, the cover, but yeah. the Silver Surfer. Now, these Bob Layton ones are fantastic. Let's go. Let's just go through them quickly here. Justin, Black Knight and Dragon Man. What yeah. a cool team! How up. cool is that? Yeah, and it looks like they're on the cliffs of uh, England or something. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. I don't. I don't remember if they ever actually fought in the comics, the Black Knight and the Dragon Man, but they should have. Oh, most definitely. Um, as George is doing something, I don't know what he's doing, mulching now. <laughs> anyway, oh. um, we'll let, oh. let this run. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I think it's an 11, uh, a, a clever homage to, you know, the knights of old and battling a dragon. Mm. Um, you have Dragon Man yeah. and you have Dane Whitman as a black knight. Yeah, on the shores, it seems, of uh, maybe the UK, the Isle. Um, yeah. But very cool. Uh, Black Knight's one of my faves, um, mm. so it's cool to see. Very shiny. Then we also have um, Doctor Doom. Yeah, Justin. Victor Von Doom, looking quite regal and royal. And what really impresses me, not only the look of Doom as well in his little egg chair, but the amount of detail that Bob Layton puts in. The high tech behind, mm. in and around Victor, um, that sort of stuff. He's got a couple of things in the forefront there, in the foreground. Uh, mm. He's got some demonology books. Mm. He's got a yeah, fire pit. Yeah. Oh, fantastic stuff. So good. All the I, attention I, to detail is great. Yeah. One of my favourite... Um, one of my favourite uh, Doctor Doom, Bob Layton um, portrayals was the um, the one with Iron Man, when they go... Yes, yeah. to the future. Yeah, to the future, yeah. With, uh, yeah. I think it was David Michelini was a writer. Um, yes, that's right. It was, an ex, it was an ex of Vengeance crossover, I think. Yes, yes. Um, and they met uh, Merlin, who was kind of modernised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that was <laughs> awesome. I mean, the art, oh, it's just like Bob Layton art for Iron Man. It's just amazing. Um, yeah, he really was the best on Iron Man and and uh, Hercules. Yes, and uh, speaking of which, this is kind of tangentially connected to Hercules. 
uh, because Bob Layton did a Hercules run in, in outer space, and we get Galactus, mm. one of the next yes. planets here, coming out of what yeah. looks like the Death Star. But uh, <laughs> it does but, look like the Death Star and a big ramp. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Galactus, I again, I love Galactus. I reckon he doesn't get his due because he's kind of used a lot as as the punching bag, um, as some people mm. say, mm-hmm. jobber. Uh, in the fact that, you know, he's yeah. always defeated because, like, oh, look how powerful I am. I beat Galactus. I'd like to see Galactus, mm. you know, unleash and kind of win in, in a certain way, um, you know, without destroying Earth. But uh, yeah, he's, he's a great character. Yeah, you see a lot of these big bads, like, take down Galactus and use him as a battery or, like, yeah, take him down just to show how badass they are, but... Yeah, I would like to see him restored to prominence. I mean, he's supposed to be one of the most powerful beings in the universe. Let's, yeah. let's see so. him become that again. I would like that. What I'd actually love to also see is that, you know how his humanoid form is only really seen by us because, you know, our minds can only just visualize Galactus in something um, of our own kind of vision visage. Um, I'd love to mm-hmm. see... You know, just him in uh, as a scroll, and you know, as a, as a Cree member or as a Rigelian, mm. um, just in because the Shi'ar or something. The Shi'ar, yeah, yeah. Uh, because yeah, I mean, he, he's he's not just a dude, like you know, with a funny helmet. He, he's actually that's only because apparently our minds cannot cannot compute, you know, the real vision of him. So yeah, anyway, the vastness that the is Galactus, yeah, <laughs> the world eater. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we were talking before about Iron Man. Uh, this is very much a classic Iron Man suit, uh, very much mm. similar to his uh, his run on Iron Man. Uh, who knows what Mark? Well, that I think is. this was this was new at the time. Actually, yes, the suit yeah. <laughs> had just uh, just debuted in the title. I think in that. So this came after the that... Silver Centurion, right? Yeah, this yeah. was right after uh, Armor Wars. Ah, right. Yeah, brand spanking new. Yeah. When Iron Man still was like, I mean, let's let's admit it, he Robert Downey Jr has has done many great things for Iron Man. Uh he never he was a founding member of the Avengers, but he his title I collected his title back in the day as well, but he never was like what he is today, like the prominence that he has. Mm, that is true. He wasn't anywhere close to being as popular in, when I was collecting the toys. The only time that I remember um, Iron Man being really popular and everybody talking about it was when they introduced the War Machine armor for the first time. Ah, okay. And there was the, that great art by, I think it was Kevin Hoppick was the penciler. But right. it was this whole story where, where Tony Stark faked his death and the War Machine armor came out. I remember people were going crazy over that. Wow. That, that was when um, Iron Man kind of, at least in my opinion, became popular again. Or more, yeah. More yeah. popular, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Ellis and all that, Extremis, and uh, a couple of mm. few really good story arcs there. It kind of got him, kind of got him back into the limelight. Yes, yeah, back into prominence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have um, we have the Silver Surfer with a mm. a look at the skyline of New York City again. Uh, yeah, the Twin Towers there as well. Yeah, you see the Twin Towers there in the background. Mm. 
But I like, I mean, this yeah. is reminiscent of, I mean, a lot of artists do it, like, you know, where they, they get, it must be like photo, photographic um, mm. resourcing mm. for the city. Yeah. Um, I miss the day of just in, I, I was reading some old Jack Kirby um, issues of Thor, I think, and where he actually um, uses like photography in the background and it makes kind of like a collage of stuff. I think that was really cool. Oh, for, for the city? Like, um, well, the background for oh, the cities? Or? For that instance, it was for like outer space and stuff, and the expanse of space. Oh, cool. Pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I love how they do use, like, it's not all drawn, so to speak. You know, they just use other medium. Um, Mm-hmm. in their thing. So it's pretty much like this one. I, I like how they use that as well because you get the crispness of uh, Noran Rad on his board there uh, with yes. the, the details of the city below. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a great, great, great image of the old surfer surfing his way across the city. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so, I mean, those are the, the pinups. Look, listeners, if you can grab yourself a copy of Marvel Fanfare 39, do so. Check them out. They're great. I mean, I'd love, I'm going to take little mm. snapshots from my phone again. Uh, they're great artworks that shouldn't be forgotten. Um, yes, I agree yeah. completely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that pretty much wraps us for this episode, Justin. Uh, thank you once again so much for, and thank you for, for being so patient with um, oh, yeah, the no. stop startedness of this episode. Um, <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> Not a problem at all. Um, <laughs> Those uh, weeds do need to be whacked they, after all. They do. Uh, the, the longer you leave them, the longer they get. So <laughs> that's uh, true. That's true. Uh, uh, a spectacle-wise, any uh, plugs you'd like to give for what else? Um, other things that you cover? Um, in Tomes of Evil. We're going to be doing um, some monster spotlights in October. Uh, both comic book monsters and movie monsters. So excited Fantastic. about that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, keep a lookout, listeners. And as always, there'll be links in the show notes to Tomes of Evil where you can hear Russell and Justin talk about everything villainy and monstrous. Uh, again, <laughs> a reminder, if uh, you do want to check out the exclusive bonus episode of Justin and I covering the other portion of this Marvel fanfare, uh, please consider becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. Uh, next phase, we are going to return to our idle chat and it will be our ongoing special of Understanding DID. So uh, mm. I'll be joined by Rebecca and uh, we'll also be reviewing the latest and the greatest from the Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuccio Moonlight Run. So issue four should be out in time for our quick review that will drop hot after it gets uh, after the comic gets released, excellent. Uh, yeah, uh, just a big shout out again to, as I mentioned, the, the Patreons, the Patronies, uh, but also our sponsors, uh, Daniel Doing uh, and Fringe Night. So if you can support Daniel's work on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/FringeNight27, and uh, a couple of links here for Drew Tombs. So Tombs, uh, you can support his account at SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash tombs with a Z, and also on Bandcamp, Lurk Music, Lurk Music with a CK dot bandcamp.com. So you can buy um, the music there and support Drew uh, on both of those sites. Finally, on Dreamland Comics, if you use the code MOON, you can get 20% off their back issues. So yeah, if you're looking for this issue 39, 
want to read this six-pager on Moon Knight, uh, it's, it's readily available. I'm sure it's over there at Dreamland Comics too. Uh, finally, we're part of The Collective, so a band of like-minded podcasters, you know, just great shows out there, um, all differing, quite diverse. Uh, so I want to give a big shout-out to uh, more recent editions, uh, Ghost Spider Groupies, a podcast all to do with uh, Spider-Gwen, which is fantastic, uh, as mm. well as DCAU, the DC Animated Universe podcast, uh, hosted by Alan and Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca, you will recognise. And uh, and finally, uh, Resurrections, the Thanos and Adam Warlock podcast, doing great work over there, headed by Al. Finally, uh, you can email us. Uh, you can email us through our website. We have a website now, itkmoonnight.com, and our email is um, feedback at itkmoonnight.com. So just drop us what you think about this issue. Uh, Justin, as we are recording ahead of time, um, I might throw up a discussion post for for these stories, uh, or actually just for the Moon Knight story. Um, I might post that up uh, in October, uh, and we may be mm. able to read out and discuss some of your thoughts in uh, the subsequent episode that comes after this. Um, oh, definitely. That'd be fun. That'll be fun. Be interesting to hear what yeah. you guys think about uh, this short, sharp uh, issue. Uh, also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, and Podchaser. And incidentally, on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser, if you could consider leaving a review, that would be great. Um, it will just help us uh, reach out a few more loonies out there who may be looking for a podcast about Moon Knight. I don't know. Anyway, Justin, a huge thank you once again. Yes, thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure, as always, to chat with the High Priest of Kanchu. Oh, it's always fun chatting with you, Justin. I'm hoping we can do heaps more of these bonus episodes, these quirky little tales of Moon Knight, um, and more. Oh, yes, yes. It's so much fun. I, I think one of the ones that we're going to do in the future is the Solo Avengers uh, story yes. where he fights the Shroud. That one's going to be really fun. Oh, I cannot wait. I've, I've got to hit eBay already for that and try to track that down myself. <laughs> <laughs> anyway loonies that's it from us and as always may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night catch you later take care everyone Moon Knight and affiliated characters stories and events are properties of Marvel characters incorporated Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.